And on behalf of Pastor Henry Harder and the Renewal Singers, I welcome you to another broadcast of What's New. We move on today to Acts chapter 18. This chapter continues Paul's second missionary journey. He is in Athens alone, waiting for Silas and Timothy to come and join him and to bring reports from the churches in Berea and Thessalonica. After his missionary thrust in Athens, Paul continues his journey to the city of Corinth. Today, we will begin looking at Luke's description of Paul's activities in Corinth, and here are the opening six verses of this chapter, and he writes, Then Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. There he became acquainted with a Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, who had recently arrived there from Italy with his wife Priscilla. They had been expelled from Italy as a result of Claudius Caesar's order to deport all Jews from Rome. Paul lived and worked with them, for they were tent makers just as he was. Each Sabbath found Paul at the synagogue trying to convince the Jews and Greeks alike. And after the arrival of Silas and Timothy from Macedonia, Paul spent his full time preaching and testifying to the Jews that Jesus is the Messiah. But when the Jews opposed him and blasphemed, hurling abuses at Jesus, Paul shook off the dust from his robe and said, Your blood be upon your own heads. I am innocent. From now on, I will preach to the Gentiles. Jesus, keep me near the cross. There a precious fountain, free to all a healing stream, flows from Calvary's mountain, in the cross, in the cross, be my glory Some soul shall find rest beyond the river. Jesus, keep me near the cross. Bring it seems here in Corinth that Paul made the break that took him to the Gentile world. It would seem that 
from this point on, Paul's ministry was largely to the Gentiles. We will see this when he gets to Ephesus, although less obvious in Rome. Now here to bring us today's study is Pastor Henry Harder. Paul the Apostle was pushing west with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Things hadn't gone too well. In Macedonia, he had been jailed in the city of Philippi. So Paul moved to Thessalonica. There the jealous Jews rounded up some false witnesses from the marketplace to testify against Paul. So Paul continued west to Berea. There again opposition came and Paul went south to the cultural and philosophical capital, Athens. While he was given the privilege of speaking to the Areopagus, the results were meager, and Paul moved 50 miles west to the city of Corinth. He was, understandably, I suppose, discouraged. He wrote later that he had come to Corinth in weakness, fear, and trembling. He wondered what he would meet here. While Athens was the cultural capital, Corinth was the immoral capital. Athens, the center of culture, Corinth, the center of corruption. People from all over the world came to Corinth to enjoy its vice in all its forms. In classical Greek, the phrase to act the Corinthian meant to practice fornication, and harlots were called Corinthian companions or Corinthian girls. This was the city to which Paul and the gospel now came. The city of Corinth was situated on the Peloponnesus Peninsula across the isthmus from Athens. The isthmus is the narrow neck of land which connects the peninsula to the mainland of Greece. Today a canal connecting the Adriatic and the Aegean cuts across the isthmus. Corinth had two seaports, one on the Aegean and the other on the Adriatic. The one on the Gulf of Corinth led to the Ionian Sea through the Adriatic to the central and western Mediterranean regions. This port on the west side of the isthmus was called Lechium. The other on the Saronic Gulf led to the Aegean Sea and the eastern Mediterranean and the Black Sea. This port on the east side of the isthmus was called Sencrea. These two villages, Sencrea and Lechium, existed solely for the purpose of the transportation of goods between the Adriatic and the Aegean. While smaller ships were dragged across the isthmus on rollers, larger vessels were unloaded and their cargo transported across on sleds. This would save the ships a 200-mile stormy trip around Cape Malia, the southern extremity of the Peloponnesus. Today, the Corinthian Canal makes things much simpler. It cuts deep across four miles of rock. The canal was completed in 1893, although Nero in A.D. 66 turned the first soil with a golden spade. Corinth, with its two ports, was a busy city, with its wharfs and docks and shops and factories. It was noted for its commerce and trade. But, as I've already mentioned, it was most famous for its debauchery. This was fostered by the cult of Aphrodite, the goddess of love. Her temple on the Acrocorn, the 1,886-foot-high Acropolis, was served by a thousand religious prostitutes. They plied their trade in luxurious rooms around the shrine, so the city became notorious for its immorality. 
When Paul arrived at Corinth, he met a Jew from Pontus named Aquila. He and his wife Priscilla had recently arrived from Italy because Emperor Claudius in the ninth year of his reign had ordered all the Jews who were evidently not citizens to leave Rome. Seventy years after the fact, a historian wrote that the reason for the expulsion was the constant rioting among the Jews. The riots evidently were over Christ. The gospel had already reached Rome and trouble among the Jews had erupted there. Perhaps Aquila and Priscilla were Christians before they left Rome. At least, they are now nowhere said to be Paul's converts. Why they came to the city of Corinth isn't known, but Corinth evidently had a good number of Jews. Archaeologists found a stone inscribed with the words Synagogue of the Hebrews. It is thought that this stone was the lintel of the synagogue and may have been the very one in which Paul spoke. Aquila and Priscilla became close and loyal friends of Paul. They, like Paul, were tent makers, which may have included working with leather. The water-resistant material was woven from native Cilician goat's hair. The material became known as Cilicium. According to Jewish custom, rabbis were to have a means of support, so Paul used this means of supporting himself. As was Paul's custom, he went first every Sabbath to the synagogue to reason with the Jews, trying to persuade both Jews and Greeks there. Silas and Timothy arrived from Macedonia, and things were looking up, except the Jews again opposed Paul, and Paul made a significant gesture. He shook out his clothes in protest and said to them, Your blood be on your own heads. I am clear of my responsibility. From now on, I will go to the Gentiles. The gesture of shaking out his clothes so that not a speck of dust from the synagogue remained was a dramatic one. He was now free of any guilt since they refused to accept Jesus. In Corinth, he would now turn to the Gentiles. Man has the terrible right to refuse the gospel and the life of the resurrected Christ. Tragically, the decision of the Jews to refuse not only affected them, but also the other Jews in Corinth who had not yet heard, and it affected their own offsprings. The decision to refuse Christ has far-reaching consequences. It affects those around you, and it affects also those who shall come along. What Paul had done his duty. Their blood was now on their heads. He was free. Paul remained in Corinth for one and a half years. God's grace was sufficient. Love is a 
abundant and free. And what joy fills my soul just to know, just to know that His grace is sufficient for me. And I don't know what to do On my knees I turn to Jesus For I know He'll see me through When despair is changed to victory Every doubt just melts away Radio production of Creative Encounters or mailing address is Post Office Box 848, Chapter California, 93263, USA.